Seishura. I'm Scoop Magoo. I'm Jim Jam. And how you doing today? I'm good. Tired, but uh, but good. I'm always tired. Yeah. Um, I think that, that that's just allergies and depression. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just it's kind of our generation. Just you know, tired is always <laughs> in the equation somewhere. Yeah. Um, it, but you know, I, I I'm excited for this episode. Um, uh, I was thinking about this all week, trying to sort of figure it out so um it's, it's yeah gonna be pretty funny. obviously we'll, we'll get to the, the we have a kind of a, a quick review to do and then we have the main portion but yeah, yeah. The, the main portion we're going to get to after i suggested it because it was something i i thought would be fun i was like wow this is actually gonna be really hard yeah um it was really difficult narrowing down and, and finding out you know because i was like oh did that really count or like is that really strong enough but in any case we're starting out with uh review that J- jimmy suggested it's uh yeah by an electronic mm-hmm. producer called mana and the name of the yep. album is seven steps behind don't really know yep. much about him i guess he debuted he's relatively new yeah um, well no he, he I, I i guess he uh recorded under a different name for a while but he's recording under his own name now his, his name's daniel uh mana mana um, he's like an Italian producer, but yeah, his, his last thing was this, he had a debut EP called Creature, that was two years ago, and this is his debut full length under this name. Um, I, I found this thing, I found him out via Tiny Mixtapes, like they, I, I think they, they showed off his like debut single, uh, which I wanna, I'm try, I think it was a note on the limits, possibly, it could have been either that or Swordsmanship. I want to say, but um, I, I have to now, say, just a- after hearing that, this is very much a Tiny Mixtapes album. Like this, absolutely. Oh, like, it, this it is totally the, the is. <laughs> this is exactly the type of thing they would, you know. Oh, yeah, they talk about like <laughs> That's I, funny. I, yeah, I just like because I, I'm not one to like listen to like every single single that Tiny Mixtapes covers, but this one looked interesting yeah. and like the way they described it because they described it as like midi classical music, which I always find a little interesting. Uh, you know, in listening to the single from this thing, I was like, I my my instant gut reaction was like, wow, this is like the last OPN album, but like, actually not disappointing and actually interesting. <laughs> so, which I know this, uh, you do not share that opinion um, regarding the quality of that album, but I am just not a fan of that last album. Uh, that being said, yeah, I, um, just real quick, I forget. Do you like uh, his music in general? Um. Oh, is it replica? The the one with the skull on it. Yeah. Yeah. I I have that. I, I really like that. Um. I really want to listen to more of one of Tricks Point Never's music. Um. I really want to li- re-listen to Garden of Delete because I I didn't really like that when I, whenever I like listened to it when it came out and um I really want to give it another try because I really like like cutting edge experimental electronic music. But, yeah. Um, but that this stuff is just always been like it's been like hit or miss sometimes so yeah that album took because uh, he is quite an extensive discography i won't i listened to mm. replica first because the you know neil drop recommended it the cover interested me and i really love that but that's much more of a of, you know like a plunder phonics type record um yeah. much more melodic and the garden of delete was so abrasive it took a little bit to get into it uh but i think there are some parallels between 
kind of the, the general fit style that OPN does and what um, Mana does here. Um, you know, yeah. it, it kind of in the in the sense that it's really a synthesis of a lot of different, not just electronic subgenres, but just musical styles in general. You know, through an electronic lens, um, yeah. it really touched on. You know, there's some some ambient, some you might consider some more space ambient, some progressive electronic, a little bit of glitch, a little bit of no, like. There's a lot of a lot of stuff at play here um, across. Wait, can the can track I list. read the description? Uh, off sure. Thing yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I just I was I was reading this earlier and I thought it was just interesting. Um, I'm just gonna skip one part, but Seven Steps Behind sounds like musical world building rather than straightforward songwriting. Here, the borders between reality and the weird have collapsed on each other, and with each listen through its zigzagging chorus, you're rewarded by its strange twists and turns. Seven Steps Behind is an electronic album that doesn't always sound electronic. A great deal of the record has been created to sound like prepared pianos, harpsichords, cellos, and flutes. At other times, sampled acoustic instruments and specially recorded sessions have been processed through software and careful editing. It's this sophisticated layering of contrasting versions of the same sources that help give this record its uncanny balance. The album also plays with your sense of time. It's mostly drum-free Hall of Mirrors. Pulling from minimalism, chamber music, dark jazz, and synthesizer experiments. Yeah, Which I mean, I, yeah, that's a pretty I, good I, description. I, I can, yeah, I, I can see some of that um, dark yeah. jazz. I, I, I don't, I don't know about that, but yeah, you know. Well, I guess real quick, what I meant by that's a good, like that's an enticing description. I, I don't know if I yeah. totally hear all that. I mean, it, it's, it's yeah. definitely attention grabbing to say the least. So yeah, and it's, it, it's not, it's not pretentious either. Like, it's not like. You know, it, it, it's not like this is like some audio manifesto on, you know, the, the quality of the real, you know, like, like it, it's very to the point mm-hmm. in its description. And I think it's for the most part, pretty accurate, like just in that it has like this weird classical tinge to it, but it does take some really odd steps away from traditional electronic music, like even like. But like so on your description on um the weekday roundup Friday Friday roundup uh, new release day thing on heavy blog you described it as a uh, progressive electronic just because that just like, that was the it was kind of the most all encompassing genre I felt fit um, yeah I and I mean like I would be wrong if you know like it's it's definitely in there yeah I mean the, the, not not to split hairs you know because I I think you know trying to like put something into a genre. I think is is a bit of a um, waste of time in a sense uh, because we're not mm. focusing on the music itself. But I think that the way this thing plays around with stuff, it doesn't like because like when I think of progressive electronic, I think of like Jean Michel Jarre or like sure. uh, Tangerine Dream, where like things are very like quantized and things like mm-hmm. that. And, like they, like there's there's some quantization here, but like there's sort of this freedom and sort of this lack of um not necessarily lack of tempo but like lack of strict adherence to tempo that makes for some interesting melodic lines like like the opening track risk taking has like this really strange riff that like it 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 made me sort of like do like a double take for a second mm-hmm. uh like i'm just like well, like what's going on here and like eventually <laughs> i was like getting into it but it was like it i it, it was still really cool though. So, um, yeah, 
no, I, 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 I enjoyed this thing a lot. To be fair, I only listened to it once uh, because I was just I just completely forgot about it on Friday. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know that feeling. Um, but I, I really like. I, I think this is an interesting release, and I think there's a lot to get from it. So I, I'm, I'm definitely can't wait to sort of listen to it a little more throughout the year. Uh, what yeah. about yourself, Scoop? It was, it was kind of a weird middle ground for me because I, I did enjoy it, but I can't say. You know, it, it's always tough comparing artists because obviously, you know, you know, one of tricks point never that was the first thing that came to mind, and they're not doing exactly the same thing. They, artists they, like they definitely Tricks, aren't. So. Yeah, but but you know, just that idea of kind of you know splicing up the different sounds and and kind of being a little bit more um, out there in a sense. Uh, I just feel like artists like One Tricks Point Never, uh, even Autech, or some of the electronic artists I listen to, they they grab grab you more uh, aggressively. They grab you more immediately, and I, I yeah. didn't get that as much with Mana. Like I feel like there was a lot here that was good, but it just it wasn't it wasn't great. Like it didn't, and I I don't mean great as in like it's not great, like it's bad. It just it wasn't. It just it didn't go over that extra hump for me. Yeah, which it, sucked it, because it, it didn't it didn't like grab a hold of your ears and just like said like listen to me, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like there were a yeah. lot of times I found I found it kind of fading in the bat, which sucks because like obviously what he's what is here is well crafted. It's very interesting. Um, I, I can't say I have any issues with this album at all, but it just there were so many times where I spaced out because it just it kind of faded in the background. It was. Mm. You know, some with a great electronic release, there'll be like some type of not like a hook, like a chorus hook, but like there'll be some type of you know refrain or sequence or something that'll really grab your attention and be memorable. Uh, like I think some of my favorite electronic albums, there's just there's a even just one specific sound that just always or one specific you know song or, or uh, you know melodic line that sticks in my head. And with this. Everything again was just good, but just it just didn't really stick with me after you know each listen. Yeah, I I can see that. I actually agree with that to a point. Um, but I I I definitely like I like I think I'm still positive on it, which I mean like you are, but like I don't know. I, I see. Uh, I think when I listen to a lot of stuff, a lot of it goes into the background for me, just like by mm. rote of of just me sure. listening to it. So I'm not. I, I sort of don't count that against it. Yeah. Um. You know. So it, for me, like sometimes it takes a couple of listens to like really sort of figure out what's up with it. Um. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I I think part of the reason maybe this thing isn't totally clicking is that like there really isn't a lot going on in this album. Like in terms of just yeah. Like, like yeah. Like a second by second thing. Like it's it's mostly just like synth lines. Like there mm-hmm. isn't much on top of that like and it's funny because i was i listened to this and then i listened to um as you know surprisingly enough autekers um try repite um after it and like you know the i with autekers like they they have so many things going on within a single track that all really meld together in an interesting way and like you know it sort of grows and expands and shrinks and mm-hmm. you know it, it, there's a lot of growth in it Whereas there mm-hmm. isn't here, but I, I don't yeah. count that against it. It's it's just more like, you know, I, I it just requires I think a little more patience. Which I mean, believe me, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I'm definitely not the most patient of people. So. Yeah, I mean, I I, I totally get that. It, it um, 
I mean, in a way, the Ambient Passages really were successful in, um, like, this is a very pleasant listen. Maybe that's the best way to put it. It, it was, like, very pleasant. It was very nice to have on, but it just, it didn't, like, like some of the, the albums we mentioned, you know, I can have them on in the background, but also, like, when you, you hone in on it, or home in on it's really really uh there's a lot to dive into there's a lot to dissect and i don't know oh yeah um and i guess not to say there isn't a lot here to unpack it's just you know how deep does that go how much do you gain from unpacking that i i think it's just it's sort of just a minimal presentation i think that Mm -hmm. that's sort of my big point here like it's it's like listening to like a like like I had on um, Steve Reich's uh, you know organ phases, uh-huh. um, which is I I think it's an interesting album, but like it's definitely not something that you can really like just listen to that only and do like only focus on that. Yeah, like it doesn't like it doesn't really offer that. Like it's more like it has this ambience that it sort of asks of you that you sort of have in the background and you sort of you gradually notice the changes in it rather than focusing on it entirely. Yeah. Whereas like, if you listen to something like music for 18 musicians, you know, I I think that's a little more like, um, you know, it's a little more ear grabbing because there's a lot more going on within it on a single track, Mm. you know, just on a sec, on a second by second basis. And I think it's the same thing here is that, that there's not, you know, there's not much going on. So I think that that can, that can sometimes be, um, you know, a detriment to it if you're not used to it. But I wouldn't count it as an overall detriment to the album because I think that this thing isn't trying to be, you know, like this thing isn't trying to be like, you know, music for 18 musicians or or like, you know, it it has similarities. But I think, you know, uh, Mana's like ultimate goal here is sort of beyond that. It's about like creating sort of this atmosphere. And so I think, you know, like it doesn't exactly warrant um you know the complexity that those other you know artists have or like you know like it's, it's just it's a, it's a very different goal so i i For personally sure. don't count against it you know but I, i'm i'm with you though like the, this was a nice listen but like i i, st- I still want to give him more of a chance so yeah i i could totally see uh, i could see this growing on me I could see it being, um, you know, again, there is enough, maybe if I do try to unpack it, maybe if I do kind of dive in a bit more, um, it will, it'll, I don't know, there'll be more to latch onto, but, you know, as it stands right now, um, just a very pleasant, nice listen. Um, Also kind of made me reflect on the fact that uh, I feel like I've listened to quite a bit of interesting electronic music so far this year, which isn't. Um, just kind of organically, I've, there's been a number of releases. And as I say that, I realize I didn't have my top albums, uh, popped up, but yeah, as I, as I scroll through, yeah, yeah. As as I scroll through, there's a number and I guess, you know, electronic music being quite a a broad, uh, umbrella. Yeah. There's just a number of different albums in that genre that have really popped out this year. Um, Matt Moss, Matt Moss, um, from earlier in the year, uh, the Black Black to Calm album Seven Horses for Seven oh, Kings yeah. that really really bizarre like electroacoustic album yeah. which is weird. I, I, I need to listen to that again. That that was yeah. that was fantastic. Um, it's really long though. That, that's yes. the only thing. So, uh, but and, yeah, no, that that is a cool album. I yeah. I also want and, to point and, out the. Oh, you, you, go ahead. 
Well, yeah, I was just gonna say like, I'm not gonna go through every single one, but like just you know scrolling through, uh, I think that might be the other thing is that for some reason this year electronic music has just really has really popped for me. That wasn't isn't a genre I always dive into, but. Um, mm. Uh, unfortunately, at the detriment of some other genres, uh, like I, I really, Death Metal hasn't had nearly the year it had last year for me. Um, but it's just interesting how that that happens. Is that you know when you listen to an album, you know what year, when it comes out, what comes out around it. Like in any given year, your top albums list is, is predicated on what you heard and and what you know what else was released that year. So I feel like yeah. if if this was kind of a drier electronic year, this would have popped more for me. Is what it was kind of what that tangent was supposed to was supposed to lead yeah, to. Yeah, no, I, I I get that. I that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I I also want to point out just the artwork for this thing is pretty bizarre, and I I, I really like it. Um, yeah, it's it it grabbed me. It really yeah. did. Like it, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, I I don't really. I is it? It it looks like one of those drama masks. Um, yeah. It does. But like broken up, and then I I think they they glitched it, and then um, did some sort of uh, duo tone type of thing to it, or yeah, not duo tone, but um, God, I can't even remember. Like my brain's fried already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably come to me in our next section. Yeah. So. <laughs> but overall, good, positive. Um, yeah, I I I really. I, I hope Tiny Mixtapes keeps covering this guy because um, I definitely would like to hear whatever he does next. So Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm definitely interested in not only revisiting this album, but also just, um, you know, in general, like you said, what this guy does doing forward, going forward. Yeah. So mm-hmm. next, we... Uh, this was born out of a combination of things. So one of the artists I'm going to talk about, I actually revisited and had um, kind of a specific reaction to their music. Uh, that it was an artist that I had listened to quite a while and was one of my favorite bands for a long time. I revisited them and it just did not did not have the same impact at all. Like I was I was shocked at how much I disliked what I was hearing and then. Interestingly enough, around that same time, Anthony Pantano, the Needle Drop, he did his second installment of Times I Changed My Opinion. So he talks about reviews where, um, you know, he might have given a lukewarm review and now he feels less positive about it or, you know, gave a bad review, now he feels more positive, you know, etc. Like any, any, any time he kind of, you know, heated up or cooled off on an album for whatever reason. And so, with those yeah. two things in mind, as we were brainstorming topics for this week, I thought that'd be a fun thing to do. And with with the, the general framework for our purposes, that we pick, you know, two artists or albums that, you know, we've we've have really grown on us over the years that we may have really disliked at one point, and then in the inverse, two artists or albums we really loved that have since really really fallen out of favor with us. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally, I I did artists only because like with speci- I, I'm. It just was easier for me to, to frame it like that. Um, yeah. So, I'm not, I mean, obviously, I don't know what you did, but uh, I wanted to actually start with you and see if you want to start with, you know, album, you know, album oh, artists. I really. Okay. I, I was I was really hoping to, to know about that, that big one that you were that inspired. All right. Yeah, I'm happy. But, so, I guess we're, we're going to, okay. you know what we're going to do? We're going to start out on a low note. We're going to talk about the artists that we've cooled off on. You know, I'll do one, you'll do one, I'll do one, you do one, and then okay. we'll go to the hot ones. Okay. So, when I was younger... 
And just the preface, I, I didn't do some of the obvious ones. Like, I don't listen to, like, Deathcore or Metalcore anymore. Like, I could basically uh, pick any I was any really number. hoping it would be Carnifex. <laughs> no, no. I can, I can listen to any... I can list off any number of those bands and be like, they've... You know, because I feel like that's kind of a softball. Um, yeah. But back in the day, I really... I got into... Um, my group of friends liked, you know, Punk and Ska, and that's... They introduced me to The Misfits, Minor Threat... Um, you know, a bunch of ska bands. I also, I didn't do ska just because, again, that's just a whole genre. I don't, like, that'd be really difficult to pick one band I don't <laughs> listen to anymore. Um, yeah. But there's one band specifically that they really turn me on to that I, I just can't, well, specific part of their career. So, AFI used to be oh. All right. my, like, my point blank throughout, like, early high school, um... Before sleep, much through, <laughs> yeah. But, but, and other than stuff, not. But like, I still, I can still appreciate. So, you know, like I, I, I like their debut. I, I still can appreciate them. Um, and oh yeah, I do enjoy yeah. a lot of their songs. So, AFI had an interesting career trajectory. They went from basically straight up like skate punk, hardcore punk to kind of like moody gothic punk. To obviously, they then went on to write, you know, December Underground with artists like. Or the songs like, you know, Miss Murder and, um, you know, Love Like Winter, stuff like that. Just kind of went in that, like, Joy Division cure. Like, they, they basically, they wore that, like, the their really poppy take on post-punk and goth rock on yeah. their um, And I'd, I still enjoyed December Underground. I think after that, they really became a little bit too infatuated with their own influences. Like, they kind of really pumped up the reverb and it just wasn't... It just felt like they were swimming in their influences. But recently, I tried revisiting their earlier career, and my God, like I, it, I, I honestly thought it was terrible. Like it was just like that. I never really got into skate punk beyond them. Like I never was a big fan of No Effects uh, and like bands like that. Um, I mean, I liked some of the the singles in Tony Hawk Pro Skater. I feel like that, like they they pick kind of the greatest hits. But in general, that was a mm. genre I never listened to on an album or an artist basis. But it just, it sounded so, like, and, and I don't usually skip songs I listen to an album, but, but there were just, it, it was just so, it almost sounded like fake angsty, like just like bottled angst. It didn't feel genuine. Um, it just, the songs were so short and, and just not, like they had no depth to them. Um, like songs I used to like, like I want to get a mohawk, but mom won't let me get one, which like, you know, cringe city. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, but, what do you fucking expect? Yeah, I know, but, I know, but like, I, I remember, I, was like, oh, I remember loving that song, and even when we get to, um, oh, I think uh, Days of or Seasons, oh, what's it called? There's one of their um, the album where they really started to be more of like a little bit more than just a straight up punk band. Um, uh, Black Sails in the Sunset. No, not that one. Which that was that was another one I liked. I thought was like a little bit more of their mature album back in the day. And when I listened to it again, I was like, nope, sounds pretty much exactly the same. Oh, The Art of Drowning is kind of when they started being a little bit more melodic and whatnot. And that, again, it was just like super melodramatic, just not, just just bad, frankly. Once they got to like Sing the Sorrow and December Underground, I do like those two albums. But it just, it was crazy to me how, how much it fell out of favor for me. And like how, this used to be like, you know, AFI and Slipknot were like, the two bands I, I, I love most beyond like, you know, all the deathcore and shit I listen to. And I just, yeah, I, I just, it's crazy how much it's fallen out 
a favorite. Did you ever listen to the All Hallows EP? I their their cover of Halloween is okay. I mean, I I think obviously the original is better. Um, yeah, that was my other issue. Is they definitely they kind of started doing what they did in their earlier careers. They really wanted to be like the Misfits in their earlier career, and then later on they wanted to be like Joy Division in The Cure. Like they just, I think they found a sweet spot with um, Sing the Sorrow and December Underground, where they kind of sounded like themselves. And then after that, they just lost, lost it. Because I, so. I, I, the boy who destroyed the world, I still love that song. So, but the, 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 that's just me. So. Yeah, they do have a few. Like, they have a few songs, uh, like Days of the Phoenix, off of. Um, um, I just fucking forgot. Oh, off of Art of Drowning, Drowning. is a great song. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they have a f- they have a few songs on like their kind of mid area that are like good catchy p- uh, punk songs. But for the most part. There's just so much filler. I think that's why um, I didn't really punk didn't last with me is because I started liking more in you know drawn out you know detailed compositions. And with punk, there's just so much filler. It's just like you know one minute. Obviously, the purpose is to be like one minute aggression fests. Um, but to me, that just it it just didn't didn't click with me. And it, it mm-hmm. struck me because of just how much I loved their you know loved them back in the day. That's. I, I was never I never really listened to much AFI. I think I, I think I borrowed December Underground from you and I was like just like I was like, okay. <laughs> like, you know, listening to it. Like I, I think wasn't Miss Murder on uh Guitar Hero Three? Yes, it was. Yeah. So the, 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 that's probably the most I remember of AFI, <laughs> honestly. So But it is it, that is kinda of weird that like to have that band that you you know were just like enamored with and like like but like you know still am you know like to a to a point like like i I, i've been doing like i've been listening to like a lot of old stuff as of late Mm -hmm. hoping that i would find something that i didn't like um in in a way or like you know like like i example i had corns follow the leader on this week (laughs) (laughs) and i loved it it was so much fun and like cringy as hell. Oh yeah, but I mean like that—that's that, like part. It's part of the experience. Like you know, you yeah, either enjoy exactly. it or you don't. Um, so like it—it's it, funny just to hear you know that that coming from you that like you know that <laughs> that just like it just went way down for you. Um, yeah, and I th- I think just last thought the reason it struck me so much is because I have been revisiting some older stuff like you know Slipknot and. and um, you know, even some of the deathcore I used to listen to, just on a track by track basis, it's nice to hear like a solid breakdown once in a while. But like this mm. is like the only artist in recent memory where I like hated what I heard. Like there's some stuff where yeah. I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't really like. Like I don't really even see. I guess I see what I like about it. You know, it was like you know fast, aggressive. You know, whatever. But like, man, it just does not sit well with me now. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. On my end of things, I I had a really tough time with the negative parts, uh, do, just because like I I think the you know I I mean I I think I've made this abundantly clear, but I mean I, I'm I'm kind of an impatient asshole when it comes to music, um, and so like I you know I normally write stuff off very fast, and I usually end up changing my mind and really enjoying it as time goes on. Um, so like, you know, to, to find something that like, 
I listened to that I used to love but I don't like anymore it was really tough for me because like I, I could have done like you know easy like high school stuff like I could have just picked like like an As I Lay Dying album or something like that or like um, maybe like a Soulfly album uh, like what you know something from Max Cavalera that like I just can't stand anymore but like I, I don't really listen to, to either of them that much so it was just it was it was really tough to find something that I legitimately had a different like negative opinion on uh so this first one is is kind of like a duo i it's it's like two albums in one because i haven't really listened to anything else by this artist but um daft punk's uh discovery and homework mm-hmm. um i really like i actually had discovery on i think last week and i i, I still like the album but like I mean, when I first listened to Discovery, I was, like, all about this fucking album. Like, I listened to mm. it so often, and I was just so into it. Um, e- even even though, like, even back then, I knew that, like, the album sort of, like, takes, like, this nosedive and then goes back up mm. as the as it goes on. That Like, it, it, like there are some parts that are just, like, that, like it feels like filler, almost. Um, but, like, listening to it last week, I was like... Yeah, like th- th- this is fun, but like, there's a reason I sold this thing back to Bull Moose. <laughs> like, you know, and the same thing with homework. Like, um, like I, 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 actually, I think the first time I bought homework, I, I really didn't like it. Um, and then I grew to like it a little bit, and I, I think I sort of went back to that because it, homework is so repetitive. Like, like I mean, I, I know that house music is based on repetition. Like, music in general is based on repetition. But, like, homework does it to such, like, an annoying degree that, like, it, it makes me wonder, like, what they were thinking mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time. Like, even though, like, you know, like, Around the World is still, like, one of my favorite Daft Punk songs, I, I just find, like, how repetitive, like, the very, the opening track is. It just, it feels like it doesn't go anywhere. Like, I think if, you, if they'd split that time in half... Maybe, but like, but I think maybe I'm forgetting that. I think their their like ideas. I think you, you, you're dancing to this, and so you probably want some like extended dance mix, in a way. Yeah. Uh, whereas I, I'm, you know, I, I'm sitting down playing The Witcher Three and listening to this. <laughs> um, so you know, it's a little bit different. I, you know, so I, I just didn't find it. Or, or, like, you know, driving in the car, like, and, like, you know, if I'm driving in the car, like, I get bored easily, so I'm like, I always want changes. But to hear this over and over again was like, ugh. Uh, still, I, I still like both of these albums to a point, but, like, nowhere near as much as I used to. So, that's the best I could do. Uh, well, I, I have another <laughs> one, but it's not, it's, it's not as, not as controversial, so. Uh, yeah, what about you, I, I, I actually I really enjoy um, Discovery, but like I t- I will never begrudge someone from saying for saying that it's repetitive. It's like, extraordinarily yeah. repetitive. That I mean, that's... well, it's it, it's it's just super long too. Like it feels like yes, it's just like like a lot of the tracks don't really feel necessary, and then the the very last um the very last track isn't like too long. How that's like it's like twelve minutes, isn't it? Or something yeah. like that. No, it's yeah. Like, it, it just was unnecessarily uh, that, like, like who heard of a twelve-minute house song? Like, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, it's probably out there, but like, 
for me, I'm like, that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, I usually go back to listen to, you know, One More Time, um, you know, like, like yeah. all those, the hits once in a while. You know, uh, faster, harder, better, stronger. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you know, last time I actually had to listen to the whole thing, I had the same thing, you know, experience with you. Like, wow, this is really long. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand why this is so I, long. I, I will say, though, that if you watch the um, uh, the movie that, that's actually attached to Discovery, it, uh, it it actually makes a little more sense. Like, it, it isn't as nearly as, as painful. Um, it's called, what, I think it's called, like, Interstellar. Yeah, they have, they like, something the Blue like Alien. That. Yeah, with, like, the Blue Alien band, and, like, they, they get kidnapped by, like, Earth agents. Like, 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 like made into, like, a corporate music act. <laughs> It might, yeah, it's, I it, it's a cool thing to watch if you're interested in the album, um, but yeah, so not 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 as big as I am on these guys anymore, sadly. Uh, what what about you, man? Yeah, the second one is an artist whom I don't think you're going to be surprised. Maybe you're surprised. You'll be surprised to find out that I I, I liked him. As much as I did, but I mean, you like not. AFI, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you might be surprised, uh, or you're not surprised that I don't like him now, but maybe you're surprised how much I liked him then. Um, Eminem, like he, not only was he big for like me enjoying hip hop, but he was one of the first artists I put on my. I remember I got an iPod Shuffle when I was in like sixth grade, and he was one of the first art. Like I, I put like a, a list of. Um, songs together in, in my like, a, like a, a word document and my parents like approved yeah. and, and denied like the, the songs they would let me buy with the gift card i got and i got the edited versions of like toy soldiers i think the real sim shady yeah and there were a few other songs yeah there were a few other songs that uh i had from him and i love i thought it was hilarious i loved him and then later on in college, I, I, I tried to, um, I think I bought the Marshall Mathers LP, like, I tried to get into him more. But as time went on, man, I really, I really don't like Eminem, like, at all. I, I really, really don't like him. And I know you do, like, and I, and I, I don't want to trash him too much, but, like, <laughs> there's just, I don't, I think for me, there's two, there's three main things about him that I haven't liked over time. Um, I really don't like his voice. Like, I don't like his like the nasally voice, and also mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't like his delivery now. Like, it just it sound it just sounds very. I don't know. I just I just don't. And I guess it bleeds into like the second thing is I feel like with him, like he's very. He almost breaks the the fourth wall in the sense that he is like I'm rapping now. Like a lot of like the the allusions he'll, or like the references he'll make and the rhymes and stuff just feel very. Like, hey, I'm making this rhyme. Isn't this cool, man? This is great. <laughs> this is great. Um, and finally, I, I just have never liked his production. Like, I, I've always thought his production was okay, but I've never loved it. And just putting that all together, I, yeah. But it is, when I think back of one of, like, the, the foundational artists for me, because when I was younger, I, there was a period where I didn't really care about music that much. Um, like I had CDs, uh, you know, from my parents and whatnot, but like, I, I just didn't, it, it, it was not even close to the level I am now. And then for some reason, once I got to middle school, like the flip switched, and I really wanted, you know, shuffle. I wanted to listen to music. The, the, and, the, the, the flip switched. <laughs> yeah. The flip. I, I just, I just caught that. 
uh-huh. the switch the switch flipped thank you yeah thanks yes. for not letting that one <laughs> but but yeah like it, it just for whatever reason like he was one of the artists that i just maybe because i mean i liked hip-hop and he's funny you know like when, when i was younger yeah. like his comedy really appealed to me and i and i i liked it i liked the fact that uh you know, he, he said the word clitoris and, uh, you know, like, the stuff like that. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew it was a bad word. Um, <laughs> you know, like, he, he, like, he just, he was edgy and it was funny. Um, and I mean, like, I'm Slim Shady, I sound this, you know, th- that's, that's a catchy-ass song. And, like, 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 Toy Soldiers has a great, you know, I love that, that hook and whatnot. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure I had, like, My Name Is. Um, also, when we got Damn. to, when we got to... Oh, I do remember in high school, my friend gave me a flash drive of some of his songs, and there were some songs off of, I think, Relapse. I forget, yeah. but, like, there was one where, I was born with the dick in my brain. Yeah, fucked in the head. And then it's like, goes into this narrative about, like, how his, like, uncle, like, like fucked him in the shed or something. And it's like, oh, that's, like, at the time I thought it was yeah. hilarious, but now I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, that's a little, I, yeah, I don't really know about that. I, I'm not the biggest Eminem fan either, to be fair. Uh, I, I I had my little phase uh, a couple years ago because I, you know, I, unlike you, I, I never was, was even allowed to listen to, like, basically hip-hop in in my in my family. Yeah. Well, like, it, it wasn't like I wasn't allowed to, but, like, my, my parents really didn't know much music outside of, like, the classics. So, you know, I really didn't know a whole lot about it. So I didn't really know about Eminem. Um you know, but but uh, all you actually those are all very valid points because his I I think but I think the production is probably the most valid for me because I've always found his production to be a little lame too, and it's funny because it's like it's Dr. Dre doing all this and it's like well, what the fuck happened? Um, yeah, th- that's a great point and what I never got because obviously I don't know if Eminem would have sounded good over like G Funk. I mean he has a feature um, forgot about Dre on the Chronics you know two thousand one. Um, and like he does okay over that production. I'm not saying like he necessarily needed to, you know, just basically Dr. Dre do his typical stuff. But yeah, like Dr. Dre is is, is a great producer. Like he's proven it like many times in the past. Uh, not so much recently, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but but like yeah, it's so odd that it just especially when he came out with some of his newer songs, um, like uh, uh, what's it? I think called Berserk. Like that, like Rick Rubin, like f- like big flashy rap rock, like it just I don't know. I, I feel like he's just bad at beat selection because he definitely has like he can have any producer at his disposal. Yeah. Um. Like he he could totally have anyone. Also, I think the other thing is, um, the reaction to Eminem. Like how everyone thinks like he's like objectively the best rapper ever, and like he's so great, and like he's technically talented, absolutely. Like, oh yeah. He's a lot of talent. Yeah. He's made some good songs, but also he just has cringy, corny punchlines throughout his entire career. Like he's he has he's had some really like lame, bad lines. Um, yeah, it, it's only gotten worse. It's only got exactly. On like, I understand like he, he has some good wordplay and whatnot, but some of it again, I just feel it sounds very forced, and he's had some like really some clunkers. Also, like the whole like especially when Rap God came out and like he was rapping really fast. I mean. Sure, that's technically impressive, but when you actually look at his lyrics, they're very basic, which really doesn't. It's not surprising because again, he's trying to rap really quickly. So if he, if like yeah. like it's not like you, you don't see Aesop Rock doing um, like you know super intricate like you know thesaurus heavy rhyming you know that quickly. 
Um, yeah. I, so. I, I, to be I, think fair, he's, I, he's, I really like Rap God, but <laughs> that, that's just me. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it, it's fun. Like, it, it's fun to listen to, but like in terms of because when you say someone's the best rapper, usually you're saying they're like one of the best lyricists. Um, and I think I, I don't know about that. I I I feel like there's a distinction now between being a technical rapper and then being like a good lyricist like like you know like nobody's gonna say tech nine is a shitty rapper because like you know on a technical level he's really good but like who gives a shit about his lyrics at the same and then the other you know on the other version like every mumble rapper ever like 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 they don't have any lyricism to them or technicality (laughs) that's actually a great point because i think tech nine is i feel like tech nine is the equivalent of a like a masturbatory you know shred guitarist who like yeah. yeah like he's like they're really really great at playing but like their songs are just like like five hour guitar solos and it's like okay like i'm not gonna listen to this ever again because it's not, again total like, what shred what guitar so yeah also like Technon has the weird uh, this is a you know last little tangent he has the weirdest yeah. career style which it seems to work for him like he just releases like these 25 song albums that are like an hour and a half to two hours long just like chock full of of songs and like more features than you can shake a stick at and like most of the songs are like bad or like not that great but then he goes on tour with like like 10 people like i remember one time when we were in high school my friend went to see him i couldn't go because my parents didn't want me to go to a rap concert on a company which i i kind of understand but anyway and he literally had like six seven eight people opening for him it was like this marathon event and he just tours all the time like i i don't i don't know i think that's an interesting discussion potentially it's just um he kind of was the originator of the whole just throw everything on the wall and see what sticks like this this modern style like obviously he's not a mumble rapper but he kind of did found that that idea of let's just put Let's just release as many albums. Let's just not give any any like effort at all to curation. Yeah, because there was yeah. there was a period of time again. I haven't followed them recently. There was a period in time in college where he released like three three consecutive years like twenty plus track albums, and then did a huge tour afterward. And it's like there's how there's no way you can have any you know significant substance with that. That's just literally just churning out as much music as you can to have a reason to tour. Um, mm. But in any case, yeah, I don't like Eminem anymore. Is the <laughs> is the TLDR of, of that, that whole rant? I you you bring up some really good points. So you know, I I, I thought I you liked him more though. That's why I, I I oh I I I, I mean I, I love me some Eminem. Like I love like Eminem show and Marshall Mathers are both like in my collection, and I will never sell those albums. Um, but that being said, it's not like I'm like always pumping it. Um, I, I had a time back in like 2015, at the end of 2015, that I was like really digging him because it was like the first time I'd really listened to him. Uh, but like, y- you know, I, I think when it comes to hip hop, like I, you know, like there are certain artists that I'll veer towards as like more than Eminem, but like idea and abilities is probably the biggest one for me. Uh, that like I would listen to like any idea and abilities album over any Eminem album like any day. Or like mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know if you'd count it, but like Death Grips, even um, you know, like the, those two artists do a lot more for me. So you know, I, I I respect the guy a lot. I think he's you know he's probably the most important rapper out there right now. Like or at least you know uh, when it comes to like modern rap, um, like I think there's like a before him and there's an after him. Um, you know, but 
at the same time, like, people do seem to, you know, I, I, people seem to either just despise him or think that he's perfect. And the thing is, he's he's neither. <laughs> yeah, um, like, he, 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 yeah, he, he was a huge, uh, he does a lot of credit for bringing rap, maybe not into the mainstream, but he definitely helped. Uh, like rap kind of saw a bit of a lull after the golden era, and you know, yeah, he helped. He helped to keep it popular, keep people caring about it. Um, yeah, I mean, he d- he's definitely an important figure. I just really don't like his music, but like, yeah, no, no, and he I, absolutely I, I, has some I, I hits. He has some, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is gonna be a weird one for you for negatives, uh, because like I was literally just I was looking through my Spotify albums and being like. Is there any album here that I like less than I did originally? <laughs> and like, uh, I found one. So uh, I'm not sure if you even know this album. It's uh, it's called Cool Struttin' by uh, Sonny Clark. He's a he's a jazz pianist. Okay. Um, this is a really like it's a um, I think it's like a jet. It's like a quartet or a quintet. You know, so you you got some horns and stuff like that, um, and some interesting writing, but. You know, like when I first listened to this, I was like, I really love this thing because it, he had this ability that was it, it was like um he he sort of had these really catchy hooks that he brought into the jazz he was playing um, that I I really liked um, and like I thought they were really cool, but after a while, I just it, every song kind of sounds the same in this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still like it, you know, but it's it's definitely not as great as I thought it, you know, was back in the day. Um, it just wasn't the like it, it's more like he he can do one thing like really well, mm-hmm. but like I, I think what what makes a jazz pianist and like just a jazz musician such a like interesting figure is that they can do a lot of different things that they have like you know they're they're. They, they they sort of spread their talents around that like you know you get someone like Sonny Rollins who like you know can do a trio really well but then at the same time he can do like a whole solo album or you know he he brings a lot more to the table he he tries to like see his weaknesses and sort of work on those so he gets like a full range of you know just strength Whereas, like, Sonny Clark, I, I, I think part of this is because I, I don't think, I think Sonny Clark might have died very early, um, you know, so I, I, I don't, like, hold it against him for, for not being this, because he could have just been, you know, pretty young into his career, sure, like, early yeah. into his career, so, but, like, a lot of it felt very one note to me, but I still suggest Cool Strutton, uh, you know, like, if you're interested in something along the lines of like cool jazz or like it's sort of like um it reminds me a lot of of like like it's sort of like a hybrid of like cool jazz and bebop that like you have like that cool sensibility but like things haven't slowed down entirely yet um you know all that to say is it's good just not as good as i as i thought it was back in the day it's kind of interesting that like my picks are like you know falling off a cliff and like years are like yeah just not not not, not as hot on as I was yeah well it, like like I said earlier is it like I just there I I feel like the older I get the more and more I don't care um, whether something is like it something's bad quality doesn't really bother me as much any well I, that's not the right way to put it. Um, 
it's it's more just like like I I think my my tastes sort of open a little more and more. It's 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 like a flower blossoming that like it gets a little wider and wider as time goes on, and so it you know like, uh, my my judgments you know aren't as um annoying and assholey as as <laughs> as they were in the past like like i mean I, I can remember being like jimmy hendrix sucks because he's a drug addict and being like and like this this mind you this was sophomore year of high school i said this by senior year of high school i had all three hendrix uh, experience albums and i loved them all equally there you go so you know it's like i just like i think only recently too i've just like been like Okay, if I don't like it, I don't like it. But like, if if there's something interesting, like I want to work at it and like you know really see what's in there. Um, yeah, yeah. So it it just doesn't. Yeah, I I I don't really have a whole lot of negatives anymore. Um, at least you know when it comes to stuff like I've listened to in the past, like you know I I. I feel like even if I listen to like a Sepultura album, like a or like an old Soulfly album, I feel like I'd still be into it. Um, yeah, like, like, I, I, like I even had um, uh, was it Less Exorcisto on uh, the white the old white zombie album, and like yeah. I was like I, I was like I was enjoying that like I was like this was nice uh, you know like it, it I don't know it just doesn't bother me for some reason. Um, yeah, I totally get you. Like all the old deathcore I used to listen to, occasionally I'll put on like you know kind of the the. The single, they didn't really do that, you know, necessarily, but, like, the one with, like, the best breakdown or, like, the whatever. And, like, once in a while, yeah. like, when I'm walking walking to work or whatever, like, it, it heights me up. But, like, I would never put on, like, a full Deathcore album again. Like, just, <laughs> like, like, like the Dr. Acula song <laughs> that you shared oh, with God. me before. Wait, wait, with the cocaine avalanche! Yeah, that that's a, that's oh a song. God. Just the fucking picture with that was, like, what the... Oh, oh or yeah, or, or um, yeah, this I have come here. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great one. Oh, oh man. man, yeah. <laughs> so we, let's get positive. I, I really want to hear some of your positive ones. Um, just just because I, uh, you know, I I I never know what's what's gonna come out with you. So. <laughs> Uh, I tried to be because I feel like those two you you probably couldn't have guessed with the positive ones. I feel like. They kind of, you may have, if you had to guess, you probably could. Um, but they just are the two, like, the biggest changes I've had over time with, with, um, with artists. It's, it's been basically night and day with, you know, mm-hmm. what I thought versus what I think now. Um, the first one, we've talked about them quite a bit on the podcast before. Uh, the Beatles. I mean, it really, like, mm-hmm. it was a no... It was a no-brainer. Like, I used to think they're the most overrated band of all time. They suck. They're boring. Like, I, I hated the Beatles. Like, I just, I thought they were, they were, like, just a really bad band, frankly. Like, I, I, I didn't understand why they were, you know, why they were popular. Like, like just all, all this bullshit. Um, and, obviously, you know, Laura and I moved in together and she brought all her old Beatles CDs she used to listen to. You know, the Beatles all the time when she was younger and then just kind of gen- in general having an open mind and thinking like hey like maybe I should actually listen to a full Beatles album and do it when yeah. we did um we did, we did that Beatles Beatles. episode yeah. that, that was huge you know actually being like all right let me listen to this and now frankly the more more I listen to them 
the more I really enjoy them, <laughs> the more I'm really starting <laughs> to like their music and their songwriting. And I don't know, like it's it's been crazy just how much I've done it. And in turn, that kind of 60s, 70s songwriter, I think it might even, in a weird way, um, have something to do with Father John Misty. In the sense that, like, when I really got turned on to that album, suddenly I really started liking um, that kind of 60s, 70s songwriter vibe. Like, that kind mm. of, um, you know, the the way that those compositions are structured and the kind of vocal phrasings and the, the type of lyricism and whatnot. And since then, I've, I've really become a, a really big Beatles fan. Uh, I, I, I Maybe not to the level of, like, someone who would... Okay, maybe not really, but like I feel like that's where I'm going. Like I never thought I would say that, which is yeah, why I, it I feels so weird to me. It's really, yeah. but like I'm really just becoming a Beatles. Like the other day, we, um, uh, I think it came on the radio. I think it was Eleanor Rigby. Or like one of those songs came on the radio, and I was just, I was like, man, I love this song. Like I really like. Yeah. Like it just, it, it's, it's starting to get to a point where I just, I guess, I would consider myself a Beatles fan, which. To me, that's one of the biggest. I honestly thought they were like one of the one of the worst band, like so overrated. I hated them. I hated that everyone liked them because, um, <laughs> well, frankly, because I was a little, I was a little shitty contrarian. Like that's that's really what it boils down to. It wasn't for any good reason. It just was like you know, like fuck fuck things other people like. Um, mm. <laughs> was really what it boiled down to. Which like whatever. But um, well, yeah, I mean, if, I, I honestly, I when this topic came up, I, I couldn't think of anyone I've had a bigger reversal on except for the other person i'm going to talk about well all right so i i have one very similar to this uh and you probably you might know this because i've been talking about this the last couple weeks but uh radiohead yes um, i i was almost positive you were gonna pick radio yeah because i i mean for a long time like I, I think part of this is you know i, I was also a very shitty contrarian as well um <laughs> but i i think as well like you you, you know all like just the music media landscape as a whole is just in love with Radiohead. Like, yes. I mean, it, yes. it, it is, it is like the, they're all tonguing Tom York's butthole. Like, and it, it is just <laughs> disgusting. It is disgusting to watch after a while. Like, do you remember that there is that article that was like, I think it was spin that was like Radiohead could do no wrong. Yeah. And it's, it's like, something of that effect. Like, like yeah. what? Like, like just on a fundamental level, I'm like, I, I don't even care what band you're talking about. Every, no band is perfect like I, I might love like John Zorn but like you know I can definitely say there is stuff of, of his that I'm not a huge fan of like yeah exactly you know like no artist is perfect so I just really can't I can't stand that like deification of Radiohead uh, so that really turned me off from them and then also just that like rate your music like the very first album like the highest album on their chart is OK Computer yeah and like which I still disagree with to be fair, even though I really like OK Computer nowadays. Um, but so like, you know, it took me a while to get really into these guys. I I, uh, I actually, I, I think I've told you the story that um, I used to think that I had a curse sort of when it came to listening to OK Computer because I felt like every single time I listened to it, something bad happened. Like the, the <laughs> very first time I had it on, um, I actually scraped my car against a van <laughs> when I was driving into the bank. Yeah, yeah, I remember like, you told me. Yeah, I remember yeah, that story. Yeah, and, and like I immediately just like pulled it out and just like fuck this album. <laughs> like, um, you know, it, like it was it was that type of thing. Um, 
and then I, I think what changed it was like Kid A. Listening to Kid A really changed my view of the band yeah, because like the, album. yeah, it it was like really like it was sort of like what was promised to me in a way because like when you hear about OK Computer, they're always like, oh, it's such an mind bending experimental album, and like I'm like, it's it's just not like it really isn't. Um, but then Kid A, like you know, again, like Radiohead is not the most experimental band out there, but like. Kid A is much more abstract than OK Computer, and like Absolutely, you know, listen, yeah. I so it took me, it still took me a little bit to get into Kid A, but I I ended up really getting into their later stuff, and like In Rainbows is probably my favorite album of theirs, um, just because of the, the the song Nude really got me into the like that whole album. I still find that song to be just indescribably beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. So like I, I've 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 listened to every one of their albums after OK Computer. Um, I have no interest in the Benz or um, Pablo Honey because I'm just like nope, no thanks. Um, but like all, all the albums after that, I I really enjoy. I thought they were all really interesting. Um, you know, and like I I'm not gonna say like oh I'm like the biggest Radiohead fan or anything, but like I, I consider myself a fan now. And you know like like even listening to Moonshaped Pool was like I you know every single time I listen to that album, I end up loving it a little more every time. Which I is really surprising because it's like people describe it as like the bleakest Radiohead album. Um, yeah, I, I just really like them now, and you know it's it. I, I think it's cool because like you know it just it, it it's 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 cool to be able to you know go back to something that you maybe wasn't weren't huge on and just really start appreciating it again. Like like I remember like I think the first time I listened to Paranoid Android, I was like meh. Like, you know, I didn't really care. But, like, I, I was listening yeah. to OK Computer just, like, a couple weeks ago. And, like, Paranoid Android just, like, it, it stopped me in my tracks this time. Like, it's just such an insane song. And it's just, it's so intricately written and just so strange in how its structure sort of jumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yet, at the same time, it works so well. It's it's, it's a very, it's a very strange song. Um Yeah. No, I, I fucking love I, you know I, I love me some Radiohead, so can't wait to buy the rest of their albums at some point. Except for the Benz and Pablo yeah. Honey. I, I just w- yeah. don't bother. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pablo Honey is it, it deserves the reputation it has. Um, I think the Benz is a good album, uh, but yeah, like, I, 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 it, I remember. Yeah, go ahead. Well, so, so yeah, to, to be fair, like it's it's not. I'm not saying that either of those albums are bad. Um, because I, I think people give Pablo Honey a lot of shit, uh, which I think I've listened to Pablo Honey like once before. And I was like, this isn't horrible, but it's, it's more like, like, I really like the Radiohead that's, you know, more forward thinking and like cutting edge as opposed Mm -hmm. to just sort of like another shitty alt rock band from the (laughs) nineties. Sure. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what were you saying then? Um, yeah, it's, uh. It's a. I figured you would say it because, like, over time, your opinion on Radiohead has just changed so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's another instance of kind of with the my thoughts on the Beatles and then the second artist I'm going to talk about, as well as Radiohead, is just how much you know, kind of the reputation they have and how much people talk about them is very much a. Um, it's a deterrent for people, I think. Yeah. Like, if, if you oh, are just... So, so, the, so the new one, so, so the arts you're going to talk about is, is either periphery or between the berry to me. It is neither of those, <laughs> I promise you. Um, 
But I was, uh, yeah, it's never going to happen. Anyway, um, yeah. Like, I can't if, wait if you gener- it does. If you generally are not um, interested in artists or like you think they're okay or on the fence and the only thing you see is people just, you know, drooling over them, that's going to, that's not really going <laughs> to, it's not a great exactly. way to, you know, you know, win friends and influence people. It's just, just to, <laughs> you know, you know, like I'm not quite, you know, I'm not quite getting this. Like, what am I missing? People are like, oh, you're an idiot. This is like the best album ever. Like, that's just not, that's not a great way to like, you know, I don't say like bring people to your side, but like to convince people, hey, this is actually a good album. You should give a shot. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, so. I, it's, it's, I like, so to be, to be totally fair, I, I, I don't think it's exactly um, a mature thing to be that reactive to somebody who's you know completely proselytizing a band but at the same time i'm not gonna say that it isn't like you know a reason for me <laughs> so i it's 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 definitely it's, it's a reason on an excuse like you've said before so yeah exactly yeah but l- 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 let's hear this this last one of yours because i i don't know what it is and i can't wait <laughs> So the, the, this might also not be that big of a surprise, but um, this is an artist who, when one of his more recent albums came out, uh, I thought he, I hated his personality, I hated just how how people talked about him, how he could potentially do nothing wrong, and when his this specific album came out, this is easily the most polarizing album of his career, um, and James Blake, I got in. Uh, no, I got in fights with, you know, like my friends about this. You know, some friends said, like, you know, like, I just I didn't understand. I wasn't giving this artist a fair shake. You know, blah, 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 blah. And, um, yeah, eventually, over time, like, I said, you know what? Let me, because this is also one of those artists that, like, I had some of their clean versions on my iPod. And, like, I did, like, some of his earlier hits, but just his personality really turned me off. And it still does to an extent. But after re-listening to his earlier work, and I'm slowly, gradually making my way through his discography, even still, I'm still getting hung up on what is considered like the one of the best albums of the decade and his most his magnum opus, whatever. Um, it's Kanye West. Um, oh, okay. I yeah. really, really, I still don't like his personality. I think he's an asshole. Like I really, really think that he is just an obnoxious, obnoxious person. Um, I don't. I don't care for his newer stuff. I don't care. I really don't like the way people talk about him. I think that's at, like beyond obnoxious. Um, like the just the level of of deification yeah. he gets. Oh my frankly, god! It's is ridiculous. Just, is, is, yeah. is absurd. Um, so, but and even his earlier albums are very spotty. Like he he has never released a truly like just straight through phenomenal album. I think the closest he's come to is Graduation. I think Graduation only has like a maybe a few songs that um, or like you know one or two songs that aren't great but like yeah it's okay or whatever. Um, but some of his other albums are like terrible. Like like you know some of the other albums or not the albums but some of the songs in those albums are like just awful. Like they're just they're so cringy and like bad skits and all, all the whole nine yards. But what really turned me around on him is for my birthday, I think when I was 18, 19 or something like that, um, like early, early college uh, or yeah, maybe around there. For my birthday, my friend bought me The Blueprint by Jay-Z 
And that is the mm-hmm. album where Kanye really got his due uh, because they let him produce a, a number of, of, of songs in that album. And they're like the, the best songs production-wise on the album. And finally they said, okay, we'll give you a chance to rap because they weren't sure he was a strong enough rapper. And so after listening to The Blueprint a number of times, I was like, I really, I feel like I should give him another shot. And slowly over time, I've really started to enjoy what he has to offer. Is Big Pimpin' on uh, The Blueprint? or I don't think so. That might, might have been on an earlier album. Because um, because the, 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 that sounds like a total Kanye beat to me, but you know what do I know? <laughs> it might be. I'll I'll look, look that up at some point. Um, yeah, but I, I'll, I'll do um, it while you're talking. <laughs> yeah, but 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 yeah, it just over time. I still am hung up on because I slowly I, I purchased every you know his albums in chronological chronological order. Listened to them, really di- dissected them. Um, and I've gone all the way up to my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which I haven't yet, I haven't bought yet. And I don't, that's the one that I just, I can't get past. Cause the one I was talking about before Yeezus, I think Yeezus is just a bad album. I think that it's just mm-hmm. not, it's, it is one of the more overrated. Cause I, I understand to an extent why people like, um, uh, you know, like my beautiful doctors of fantasy, I personally don't necessarily agree. I think that it's good, but overrated and has a lot of issues with it. I don't understand Jesus at all. Like I don't understand why people are as high on it as, as it is. So I think that's why you know, when I was talking about the Beatles, I would consider myself a Beatles fan at this point. Uh, I, I don't feel that way about, um, about Kanye. Like, I mean, I like Kanye's music. I think that that's probably the best at this point. I really like his music. I don't, really care for him him <laughs> or i can't yeah. say like I'm, I'm a kanye fan because it just, he just is he's it makes it really hard to like him it's just it's yeah. very difficult to <laughs> he, he's like the morrissey of the modern age <laughs> i mean yeah like pretty much he just he makes it very difficult to to say like i'm a i'm a and it's kind of it's it's almost the the megadeth effect to an, an extent where just just because someone like someone's personality isn't like a reason not to listen to their music, but like it doesn't help. Like the the reason I haven't dove more into Megadeth is because I think Dave Mustaine is obnoxious, and like all the bands that I have on my list to check out, it kind of pushes him further down the list because yeah, I don't really care for him. So like of all the artists I could check out, yeah, like you know, that's not a reason to cancel out and never check out Megadeth. But if I had to choose, I'm like yeah. I don't really. <laughs> there are other artists I can listen to. That's fine. It, it's funny that you bring up Megadeth because I was looking. I was doing some research this week, and I was like, I was picking out a bunch of old albums that like I used to really like, and trying to see like, oh, do I still like them? And one of them was uh, Megadeth's "Rest in Peace," and like, interesting. I fucking love that album still. Like, I I, I still like. I know like every single guitar line in that in that whole album like i used to like i can remember like there were times in high school where i would get tornado of souls stuck in my head for days at a time and like i, I can remember doing I, I can remember mowing the lawn and listening to rust in peace like like i i loved that album and i still do so it's really funny to <laughs> yeah just hear you bring up that the one i have i have one it's this is an album uh 
This is, might be really surprising to you, uh, so I'm just going to go out and say it. Just uh, Bjork's homogenic. homogenic um, oh, is, I remember you saying before that you were a little bit lu- lukewarm on yeah, it. Yeah. So it, it was actually the first Bjork album I ever bought, and I, I really liked The Hunter. Um, you know, uh, but I wasn't a huge fan of the rest of the album. And, like, uh, you know, as I got more and more Bjork albums, like, I, I really got into Post and I really got into uh, Vespertine. Um, you know, I coming back to Homogenic, like, was harder and harder because it was just like it's a really difficult album, I, I, I think, anyway. And it, it just didn't do a lot for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just like. It was way too long as well. I felt like it went on like just way too long, and um, so in but like everybody considers this to be like Bjork's best album, which I I still disagree with. Um, but I listen to it think again. It's the it's, best electronic album of the, like the decade, frankly. Yeah, no, which is, it is crazy to me. Yeah, no, I, I mean, if, if we're gonna go electronic albums of the decade, I guess whatever Aphex Twin puts out. <laughs> like, let's just be yeah. honest. Um, but like so i yeah i really didn't like it but in my research this week i i put it on and i'm like this was actually really good like like i i understand what people are saying with it like and i i think it's just it, it's just a very difficult album to listen to so it's you know like you, you don't really expect what's going on in it to happen the way it does mm-hmm. like whereas like you know, you listen to a track like Army of Me and, like, you sort of know, you know, the trajectory of that track. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with The Hunter, like, you're not really sure, like, All is Full of Love or, you know, uh, Yoga or Yoga, however you say that. Um, you know, it's, like, things like that. But this is a... I, I think the really cool thing about this album, listening to it now, was sort of noticing the contrast between everything that, you know, there's, like beautiful string work going on but then there's like these really harsh like industrial sort of beats going on yeah. that like they sort of play off each other and then sometimes the strings take like this dissonant turn and then Bjork's voice is the only thing that has like the soothing quality and it's really cool to just see how all like these these elements just like merge and sort of collide with each other um mm-hmm. it was really it, it was an amazing listening experience um, you know, I'm not gonna say that this is something that I'm gonna like turn on, you know, all the time if I wanted a Bjork album, um, because I I think Medulla is a little more interesting of an album. Like same thing with like Vespertine. I think those are both more interesting. Um, and I, I really just want to buy her entire discography, except for um, except for Utopia. <laughs> just no. Oh man. Um, yeah. Uh, I I think that that's been. I really need to get over that hump because. Um, it was, you know, it's the last Bjork album I heard, so, like, that just is the first thing that comes to mind when I'm like, oh, I should listen to Bjork again, because, I mean, I love, I love Bjork. I mean, I still, I was gonna say I loved her, I mean, I, I still love her music, but, like, yeah. that was just such a bad taste in my mouth. Um, oh, yeah, definitely, but, but like, you know, th- th- that's why I have to sort of remember that, like, you know, like, you know, Vespertine, Medulla, post-debut, homogenic, yeah. you know, oh, Free for sure, Vol- yeah. you know, things like that, like, all those albums exist, so... Um. Yeah, that, that, that's which my is last crazy one. that she yeah. she followed up those albums, or she followed up Volcura, which I think is one of her best, with uh, something like that. Utopia. <laughs> but in any case, this well, is not I, this I, is not I, what like, this segment's about. Yeah, I, I mean, to, to be fair, I, I I think that Utopia isn't. I, I don't think it's 
bad per se. I just think that like it's 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 a bit unfocused. Um, and I, I think, think that, that like, it, and it's exceptionally long. Yeah, like, well, it, I, th- 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 that's what I mean by unfocused. Is that I, I think usually yeah. Bjork has an idea of what she really wants to do, and I think yeah, here sure. it was it was it was a lot tougher. I think to sort of decide which tracks to cut. Um, whereas you know, I I think she probably she probably could have cut the entire thing in half. Um, yeah, know, but because I mean, I mean, Volokhara was long, but like the songs they had purpose and 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 it was uh, you know it, it felt worthwhile in. In listening to the whole thing, this was it was yeah. like, you know, over like an hour and ten minutes long. Just just looked it up, and after like by the halfway point, I was like, I really don't want to listen to this. But it had some really cool ideas in it. To be fair, like like the title track was like I loved this like the the uh, the flute like the woodwind section, and then like yeah, what, whatever created like that songbird effect. I I like like the first minute of that track is like just heaven for me. So like I I can't give it total crap, but like yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. I, I I haven't listened to Volta, but most people consider Volta to be your weakest album. Um, but I I think I might actually probably like it more than, than Utopia if I ever sit down with it. But anyway, beside the point. Um, we before we leave, we still have um albums of the week. So yeah. Scooter, what what is your album of the week, good sir? I listen to a lot of great music this week actually so it was, it was a little bit hard i was, I was uh, kind of looking over the list trying to figure out what um what i might pick and the one that mm-hmm. i just, i think is most interesting the one that really stuck out to me uh the most is this album by a band called waste of space orchestra and the album oh yeah yeah, we, we, we were uh, we were talking about this before. Actually, Th- this is um, it's between um, it's from members of Dark Buddha Rising, um, and, and, and Aranzi Pasusu. Yeah, I think. Is yeah, how you but, say that. yeah, we um, were talking about this before. So, yeah, like yeah. I, I listened to the lead single a little while back, and it was it's, it's, uh, it's called Synthiosis, By the way, I I yes, interrupted yeah. you during that. So <laughs> no, yeah, it, it was. Um, Lisa was really interesting. I didn't listen to the whole thing because I don't typically like to, to do that. I like to kind of approach an album with somewhat of a fresh state of mind. Um, but yeah, this thing was 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 crazy for me. Like it it, it combined like you know avant garde metal, kraut rock, psych rocks, like stoner metal, doom. Like it just it was Ooh. you know there was some yeah. bits of space ambient and just you know weird, almost like tribal ambient, and and, and it's just. It was so interesting. It was just, it was so well executed. There were some great riffs, some great heavy parts, some great kind of experimentation. Um, it really caught me off guard because like, I figured it would, I would like it. I figured it was kind of this type of album that would, would vibe with me. But I loved this album. Like, it, it, this was, was phenomenal. Uh, like, truly, like one of my favorite metal albums of the year thus far. Well, I, I can't wait to listen to this then because I, that, that, that's been, I, I, specifically put that on my release calendar on my my own calendar so you know once i get around to finally listening to new music which who who knows when that will be but (laughs) i i definitely can't wait to listen to that uh yeah it was fantastic yeah Yeah. uh i on the other hand i sort of picked something from the past uh because i was i was i was on sort of like a porcupine tree kick this week and i noticed Mm -hmm. they didn't have what i think is probably their best album uh fear of a blank planet on spotify um 
so I haven't gone to YouTube and listened to it, but like listening to it again, I'm like, such a good album. Like <laughs> it's like I mean I, I it's between Fear of a Blank Planet and In Absentia for me for like the my, my favorite Porcupine Up Tree album, but um, listening to this one again, it, it, this was like the album that really got me into the band, and so I it was just really cool to listen to it again and sort of notice how well Stephen Wilson can just write a song and then I also was mm. looking to the credits and um, uh, Robert Fripp from King Crimson actually shows up on a track oh. in here as oh, well cool. as Alex Lifeson from Rush that's really Which, cool yeah I, I didn't expect either of those guys but like I, the more I think about them like yeah that makes sense like that, that's a total Stephen Wilson move like you know um <laughs> But yeah, so it, it, I think it's a great, great album. You know, I think it has some of Porcupine Tree's best songs, like especially the the final track "Sleep Together." I think is the best Porcupine Tree track I, I think they, they've ever written and performed. Um, it just has like just a lot of really creepy energy to it. Um, it, it, it just it feels like a science experiment gone wrong, kind of, uh, which I, I I love that vibe. So you know. Uh, yeah, Porcupine Tree, Fear of a Blank Planet. You know, listen to it on YouTube if you ever get the chance. Uh, I, I'm not saying this is you, Scott. I'm saying this is just anybody who's listening. But because <laughs> I, th- I think you've, I, have you listened to Fear of a Blank Planet or I, I you just listened to In Absentia, right? I feel like now that I've, I've really enjoyed, you know, Prog Metal has become something I, I've really dove into more substantially in the last several months uh it's really i should listen to some porcupine tree um, i should maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe we'll like do that really next did... week like, we'll, I'll, I'll pick out like i don't know like, like we'll, we'll pick out one album of theirs to listen to and we'll, we'll talk about it sure no i I, so. I would love to i mean i, I genuinely think that i i would uh i would like what porcupine tree has to offer i just i, I never I, I, I didn't think i liked Prague until recently and just for some reason it was yeah. leprous that that uh switched the flip Oh, oh my god, the, yeah. F- Switch uh, the flip. God. Yeah, I know. I, I did that on purpose that time. <laughs> god damn you. <laughs> uh, what was I? I was just... Oh, like, Melina. Yeah, they, I, I had that on a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, I just... I'm still so blown away by the vocals on that album. Like, yes, they're just... Einar is an amazing vocalist. Gorgeous. Yeah. I, yeah. I really want to try out their older stuff, too, because I always hear that, like... like um. Oh, uh, was a bilateral is really good. Is like their best album. Um, yeah, like after getting into Molina, I just I ended up buying all of their uh, material, and uh, yeah, it's it's, it's great. It, it really it, is. Maybe we'll just um, do we'll, we'll do a prog metal thing next week. We'll, I'll I'll listen to bilateral, and we'll, then we'll do like in absentia. So we'll just do prog metal fest. So sweet. All right. Anyway. This is uh, Seichura, and uh, have a good week, y'all. Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.